Arizona Cardinals, Red Sea, rise up, Los Angeles Rams. Let's go, Ramley. Seattle Seahawks. Let's go, 12, get loud. San Francisco 49ers, home of the faithful. West for the West. Hey everyone, Quest for the West is back. We took a elongated break, you know. Evan Evan was was out. He was at games in Arizona and and having fun and and was you know, family, holiday, Sam dealing with the same thing. And, and, you know, I was not around, so it was really hard to coordinate schedules, but, but holidays are over, right? That's all done now. And now we got week 18 and in a, basically a wrap up of the NFC West and what is going on here. And a lot of things have changed during this little bit of a time off for us. You know, when, when we kind of took a break, Arizona still had full control of the NFC West, but things have very quickly shifted and the Rams now, the, the lowly, lowly Rams down there with, with no one to represent the And if you want to represent the Rams, you should reach out and contact us uh, at 40 cutback at gmail.com. That's beside the point because the Rams have now seized control of the NFC West. And really, it's win and take the NFC West crown coming to this week. Evan, what has happened with the Cardinals? They went on a little bit of elongated losing streak there, but they bounced back in a big, a big way in week 17, taking down the Cowboys, who were kind of red hot. Um, and I don't think a lot of people thought the Cardinals were going to be able to do that. Uh, what's going on with this football team? Uh, what did I tell you all through what the first seven or eight weeks of the whole season? Was I not the most reserved Cardinals fan you ever witnessed? Yes. So what happened was exactly what I expected to happen. Cliff Kingsbury got in his own way. When we were winning, when we were 7-0, 8-0, whatever it was, how we started, and ultimately 10-2, we were running the ball at about 52 to 55% of the time each game. Now what does he do? He gets like 12 carries going out. Makes absolutely no sense. So we stopped running the ball. Kyler Murray gets injured, obviously takes some time to come back. He was out for a total of 36 days from when he left on that Thursday night Packers game to when he came back against Chicago. So that takes some time to get back, get adjusted. And then we've dealt with a lot of COVID protocol stuff we have. Our offensive line was decimated. Our defensive secondary is currently decimated. And we're starting to get a little bit of help back, especially on the D-line. No news on J.J. Watt. No news on DeAndre Hopkins yet. That was a big thing in the in the in during the season when both guys got injured is they weren't going to get surgery so that they could come back. D-Hop decided to get it, but still he got like the the secondary surgery, I, I forget how they worded it basically, so that he could come back if we make a playoff run. So here we go. Playoffs are coming up. No word yet. But Cliff Kingsbury happened. He just got away from what was winning and decided to be too cute. I mean, against the Rams on Monday Night Football, we had six opportunities to get in the red zone, ran it one time, got in there, threw it the other five times, got nowhere, and even threw a pick, and that was kind of that. So sadly, Cliff Kingsbury got in his own way, but you know what? Something we haven't seen from him was a win after a devastating loss. We lost two games last year in a row to the Niners and to uh, the Rams to get into the playoffs. 
didn't have a chance to recover. Well, you know what? We lost three in a row. We lost to the Lions, and we came back in a big way after Dallas scored 56. So there's hope at the end of the tunnel. There's light there. A lot of Cardinals fans are reserved. It's wait and see whether we win or lose. But you know what? Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray got to the playoffs, and they won 11 games. What more can you say at the end of the day? That is that is improvement every single year. And that's where we are, and it's not where we thought we would be, but we're in the playoffs. And I'm sure Sam could ask to be in that position, right, Sam? Sure, sure could. I really, really wish I could, you know, just rubbing it in a little bit. <laughs> hey man, it's 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 a okay. It's been a rough year for the for the Seattle Seahawks. It's been up and down. It's been a little bit all over the place. And there's a lot of things happening now. I mean, it's looking like six and six and ten is what the record currently sits at. Six correct. So you get you got one more game. You get yourself to seven and ten on the season. At least end on a high note. But there's question marks up in the air now with the Seattle Seahawks. Is Russ coming back? Is was this Russ's swan song in Seattle? And and funny enough. Um, I had a bunch of flight issues on the way home. I ended up getting to fly into Seattle. Um, and I actually flew into Seattle with a Seattle fan who was going to a game for the very first time uh, at Lumen Field. Who's flying out of Chicago. He's a Seattle fan that lives in Chicago. Was flying to Lumen to watch Russell Wilson's last home game there, the Seattle Seahawks. Because he thinks, he's convinced, he's he's gone. Sam, how are you feeling this? Is this the end of the Russ era in Seattle? Is this the end of the Pete Carroll era? What's going on with the Seattle team? Is this going to be a completely new look team heading into this 2022-2023 season? That's that's kind of the, been the question ever since we got eliminated from the playoffs last week versus the Bears and virtually versus the Rams two weeks ago. And it's really going to come down to... It seems like Russ does not want to leave, at least what he said in interviews, but that is nothing because interviews in the grand scheme of things, they're all, they're kind of fabricated. Russ, he doesn't want to say anything. He doesn't want to say, well, we're going to see what happens in the off season because that's going to create a ton of distractions. He wants to say, I'm in Seattle for the, for the, for right now. And that's where I'm at. And frankly, I don't think his camp feels that way because Sunday morning, Adam Schefter drops a report. It's like, this is feeling the league wide feelings are that Russ and Pete, this would be their last game at Lumen field together. And, and throughout the report, they, they uh, like claimed that league wide feelings and sources, those are the only people who said anything, which immediately led people onto the trail that Russell Wilson's camp, which has done this before, put out some sneaky little article where they basically are trying to claim that this is Russ's last game and the pro football talk uh, did a whole breakdown of this. And virtually what they said is he thinks Russ's camp is making it very clear to John Schneider and what they have to do. It's Russell Wilson or it's Pete Carroll. That's I, I really do think that's what they're trying to do. And you look at what happened last year Every team that Russ asked to go to last year, or at least his agent said that he would like to go to next year or last year, all had offensive coaches. Pete is a not only a defensive coach, he's an old school defensive coach. He loves those 13 to 10 wins where he dominates time of possession, which has kind of awkwardly been the opposite this year. We've actually been the worst in the league by time of possession and actually one of the worst of all time by average time of possession per game. So I think Russ's team is making it very clear that I, at least they 
do not like Pete Carroll because he probably makes his quarterback look a little worse, makes their quarterback look a little worse because he doesn't get to throw the ball as much. They're winning these short, ugly games where Russ isn't playing well at all. And frankly, for Seahawks fans, the question seems obvious. Get rid of Pete. Pete's old. We suck anyways. He's not that great of a coach, in my opinion, at least. And personally, uh, everybody in the Seahawks fandom is like, why would we choose Pete, Pete over Russ? And my reasoning is that they just signed Pete to a five-year extension. If anybody's going to go, realistically, it's going to be Russell Wilson. That's just, in my opinion, a fact. But, you know, it's something that is going to be very interesting to watch. I have a gut feeling that it's all going to mellow over again. But if not, you very well might see a Seahawks team for the first time in 10 years without Russell Wilson starting at quarterback, which would be very That's intriguing crazy. to see. That's crazy. It's a crazy thought. Um, do you think if, if that, I mean, if that happens and Russ is gone and Pete's still the coach, do you really believe that Pete Carroll is going to want to rebuild? I mean, he's an older, older guy. He's been there for a long time. He's had nothing but sustained, sustained success. I mean, he got there, and it wasn't necessarily pretty at first, but it didn't take him very long to turn that that ship around there in Seattle and for them to just be consistent, basically, throughout the, the majority of his tenure there with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, do you see him wanting to rebuild? Do you foresee that being something he'd want to do? Or, you know, if, if Russ is the guy who has to go, that Pete basically at the end of the day is like, all right, well, I guess I guess I'm done too. Could you see that happening? Um. Maybe I think mainly that's my logic for it not happening because in this, in the organization, Pete Carroll is kind of the head of everything. And I know that sounds really weird, but ever since Paul Allen passed away in 2018, his sister Jody has taken over ownership and she's been a relatively uninvolved owner. Actually until this year, there's been no questions about has she been involved? Has she done anything because we're winning games. And now all of a sudden when we start losing games, we're looking at Pete Carroll, who's basically at the top of the organization in decision-making, even over John Schneider, because Pete technically was on the Seahawks before John Schneider was hired. And by some weird reason, Pete negotiated into his thing that I get to have more power than the general manager. It's kind of weird, but Pete has done that and it's showing up in what moves the team has made over the years. And I don't know if Pete would ever let that happen. Personally, I don't think Pete would let that happen. I don't think Pete would let Russ be traded in a, in a point in his career where he's 70 years old. He just signed a four-year extension with his team. You know, he doesn't want to leave like this. He doesn't want to end it like that. I mean, l- l- listen, I don't like Pete as a coach, but he's a great guy. He's, he doesn't want to just abandon Seattle riding away with all the money he's going to get in dead cap out of our pockets and Girls. go, go coach. <laughs> I don't know some college football team and ride out his career to the sunset. But I, I I personally think that Pete Carroll would not let that happen. And if it does happen, I don't think it would be crazy to see Pete Carroll be like, you know what? I'm 70. Why am, what am I doing here? You just trade away the franchise quarterback. There's not a clear quarterback in this year's class. So even if we get an incredible pick from like, say the giants, it, it wouldn't lead to a quarterback this year because there, it's a very quarterback light class and it's about as weak as it looks, especially considering that one of my favorite quarterbacks in the class, Matt Corral, 
might have just had a serious injury from what we saw in a bowl game. And we don't know what's going to happen with him. And like I said, very weak quarterback class. I think if that were to happen, Pete would be like, why would I stay for a year where we suck? I waste, I'm, I'm going to be 71 by the time that we hope we get like a Bryce Young or whatever. But at that point, I just, I, I don't see it happening that Pete would let that happen. And that's the main reason why, in, in my opinion, at the end of the day, I believe it'll just boil over into something where there's another kind of meeting between the two sides. They agree on something and it all kind of smooths it out. And then the whole thing I'm sure will happen next year. And it's a whole saga at this point, but it's going to be interesting to see how it works out. It's just going to keep on happening until someone decides to Until the Seahawks win the Super Bowl, it's going to keep happening. And that's, that's kind of the sad part about it. And it finally it's like a kind toxic, of lights. It's a toxic relationship, right? It's yeah, a toxic relationship. It kind relationship. of lights a fire under the butt of Pete and John, who now this offseason will have top 10 money in the NFL. They'll have about $58 million in cap space. To be fair, we are losing Quandre Diggs, or at least Quandre Diggs and Dwayne Brown are slated to hit free agency and DJ Reed. So those, at least, I don't think Dwayne Brown is maybe in our best interest, but at least Quandre Diggs and DJ Reed are definitely in our best interest to try to bring back and resign, which will definitely cost us some dough. But even with that being said, we'll have a lot more money than any other team in the NFC West, which having, if we keep Russ and we can keep Until the Niners trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Until the Niners trade Jimmy Garoppolo. (laughs) Yeah, which is still a possibility. It's still a possibility. Still a possibility. You two definitely, you two have a matchup this week. And if you're the Cardinals, uh, Evan, is there still a chance that you guys can win the NFC West? Do you guys have to win and the Rams have to lose and that, yeah, that open the door? That's Yep, that. yep. And if that happens, we play the 49ers. And if, the, and if Dallas loses, we play, no, if we tie with Dallas, we'll have the tiebreaker over them. And we, so then how does it work? There's a chance that we would play the 49ers if you guys win and we win and Dallas wins, I think. Because they would okay. have one extra game ahead of us. There is a ch- there is a chance that we could play the 49ers. But yeah, basically, Rams lose, we win, we get the NFC West. Wow. Okay. So there is still there is a lot on the line then for you guys because that gets you into that home field for a playoff game, which is I nice don't to be able want, to play. No, home. I don't want home don't field. Want We're eight and one on the road, and we've had the majority of our losses at home. Give me. Let us be the away team. Doubt us. Don't pick us for any games. <laughs> and I think we have a chance then. All right. So then this matchup that is going to be interesting this weekend because the the Seattle Seahawks, Rashad Penny is kind of uh, finally showing some glimpses, I think, of who Pete Carroll thought he was going to be. Sam is excited about it. Um, but the run game is starting to figure some things out over there. And that when the run game's going, Russ tends to have a, a lot more success. I mean, shocking. When a, when a quarterback has a run game to rely on, he tends to be a little bit better of a quarterback because teams can't just sit back and take away strengths and you know play to, to a quarterback's weaknesses and make them beat him a specific beat, beat the team in a specific way. Um, you know, how are you feeling about the Seattle Seahawks matchup this week with their improved run game? Um, and coming off of I, I, you know, if this was pre-Cowboys win. I imagine you'd be a little bit worried, especially after that Lions loss about anybody in the league. But coming off this Cowboys win now, how are you feeling about this game? Uh, and then after he gets done, Sam, I want to hear from you about what you're seeing from Kyler Murray and if you think you guys have enough with your secondary and, and the pass rush and the linebacking core to slow him down and keep him contained. So, Evan, you first. Yeah, so this game is less about winning, less about getting the NFC West division title and all that. This is more of another 
not quite a get right game. The get right game was winning in Dallas after nobody picked us to win. That was a good away win that kind of put everybody else on notice again, like, hey, we can still be this team. This game is about just improving on that and gaining, trying to gain more confidence in my mind. We're getting Marcus Golden back, Devon Kennard, our our left tackle, DJ Humphreys, is going to be back off of COVID protocols. Newly signed defensive back, Rashad Breeland, who got unceremoniously waived by the Vikings. Uh, But he's coming in, and now it's for a playoff team. So, you know, who knows what that does to you mentally, right? Could be good things, or a guy could be just a head case and just a headache in the locker room, and we don't need him. Only time will tell, and it gives us another week to get our defensive backs healthy because Marco Wilson will be out again. So this is a get-right game in the sense of gaining confidence, guys, and that's what I want to see this team do. I'm curious to see if James Conner plays. I think he needs to get a game under him again before the playoffs come around. I need to see him going out there. I need to see the offensive line do what it did to them in the first game, no offense, Sam, and to other teams earlier in the year. I need. I want them to just run the ball. 30, 35 times, a healthy Chase Edmonds, healthy James Conner. I mean, if we're up, you know, two or three scores towards the end, obviously you want to dial it back as much as possible. But I really want to avoid doing anything with Kyler Murray. If he's out of the pocket and running all this time, it's because it's the fourth quarter and we need him to, and maybe the Niners are taking care of business, right? That's what it comes down to. Keeping guys safe, gaining confidence, run the ball, and let the cards fall where they may. No pun intended at all. All right. And, and Sam, what about what about you? How are you feeling about this game and this matchup and, and your guys' defense and containing Kyler Murray? And, I mean, you've seen him struggle now a, a few weeks. And basically, since the ankle injury, it felt like, you know, he just wasn't 100%. He wasn't right. He definitely got back on track this last week. But how are you feeling? You know, the, this is – Evan talked about how this is all about winning, getting right, this is a game about let's let, 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 let's get one more for Russ. That's kind of the vibe around the organization Ooh, right now. Wow. That's kind of the vibe around the fans. We're like, if we can get this one and we can play well, maybe Russ won't want to leave. That's kind of that's kind of how the that's kind of the understanding in the organization right now. That's kind of the understanding among the fan base that if we can win this game, and you know, it's against the Cardinals too. If if we can just do that that would be that would be fun you know that would be awesome it would be a good way to end the year going in and i guess technically not an awful team at seven and ten and the funniest thing is if you look at the stats we're like the best team in everything among losing records so that's a plus right there so if you want to take that take that as you want but when you talk about containing kyler murray and establishing the run game bobby wagner will not play this week he sprained his acl He sprained his MCL. Oh, my Lord. He is going to be out. Luckily, we had Jordan Brooks, who appears to be some kind of miracle first-round pick for the Seahawks that actually worked. He is third in the NFL in tackles right now with 164, and he is absolutely balling out. He had a fantastic game against the Lions. And if you want to talk about the perfect linebacker to play Kyler Murray, this is it. This guy is sideline to sideline, played Big 12 football, and he knows and he has crazy good speed for a linebacker. And that might help contain Kyler Murray on some of these certain little, you know, outside, you know, like maybe like an option or a rollout. Or even if you're running right up the middle, he can also lay down the boom and make a hit. So Bobby Wagner being out might not be a 
massive gash into this run defense. It will definitely hurt, but we have guys who can confidently fill in and play that middle linebacker role. And as it comes to the pass rush, this pass rush has suddenly out of nowhere awoken from a grave. And Carlos Dunlap had, has had I believe four sacks in the last three games. I believe you have Rasheem Green getting four sacks in the last three games. And we have Daryl Taylor who has been absolutely headhunting people for the last four or so games, I think he's had a colossal hit. We're talking players leaving their feet, going horizontal midair and landing on the ground kind of hits. So this is this is a team that I don't know how they do it, but they the energy is still there. They still play with a lot of energy. They still play with a lot of fire. And you goddamn know this is a team that is going to want to beat the Arizona Cardinals on the road in a stadium that appears to be cursed for us. We've had the entire LOB and their Seattle careers in that stadium. And we want oh, some snap. revenge. You know what? You're right. You're right. I forgot. About yeah. That. Cam that Chancellor is, hurt his true. neck. Richard Sherman tore both of his Achilles or at least like tore one and partially tore the other one. And then Earl Thomas broke his leg. We can't have Russ be, be have his last game here too. This can't happen. This is like, Oh this man. Is, I'm most happy Bobby Wagner isn't playing this week. So we can say that this wasn't is, his final game too. Is there any chance Russell Wilson comes out and says, I don't want to play. I have nothing to play for this game. Is there any chance that would happen? I, I doubt it. Russ is such a competitor. Russ is the most competitive guy on the planet. I really, maybe his agents will come out and say, listen, in case we want to trade, we don't want Russ to go out and play a meaningless game and get hurt. But right. I don't think Russ would be that kind of guy to step in and be like, coach, I'm not going to play this week. I got, I got trade uh, value on the line for the offseason. I don't think Russ will do that. I, it, he, I, he's I, got I, too much of a leadership quality, to, I think, for that to be something he would do. Yeah, that, it would be a terrible example for all the guys, especially considering what all it, the young guys. I mean, you're the franchise quarterback. You've won uh, however many trophies that the guy has won. And it's a meaningless game. You are the guy going somewhere. Even if you want him back in Seattle, isn't this just <laughs> not the way to go about it? I would, I, I would know. sit him. No matter, no matter, no matter if what. Even Pete, if it wasn't his last game. If I was Pete, I would sit him personally. If I was Pete, I would sit him. Absolutely. And you know, hell, let Jacob Easton go out and start for all I care. I mean, we're probably not going to win the game with Russ anyways. Let Jacob Easton or Geno Smith go out and play and maybe play, maybe Geno Smith, let Geno Smith play, play for some Matt Flynn money in the offseason or something like that because. <laughs> hey, he did have a nice showing. He had a nice run. You know, early yeah, in that he had season. a nice run. He actually, I, I went back and looked at the stats the other day. He had five touchdowns, one pick on like 68% completion percentage in three games. Yeah. I'm like, this is not, he didn't play awful. He didn't play as bad as I remembered him at least. I, um, I, I feel like though, if we go up 21, nothing, or you guys go up 24, three or something like, there's yeah. probably going to be a, a quicker time pulling the plug than usual. And same thing. And I, I would feel like it would be the same thing with Kyler Murray. If we're, I if, hope if, so. If, yeah. if we get a big lead, I imagine that Cliff Kingsbury wouldn't want to just be like throw him out. Cause you guys have made the playoffs anyways. I imagine that Cliff Kingsbury, I don't know Cliff Kings very much as a coach. All I know is that he's not incredibly highly, highly regarded in most NFL schools uh, from what I've heard. And um, hopefully hey, he, he makes have- the right decision on that. He does have a very impressive record of second half of the seasons dating all the way back to college where Ooh. he has a losing record uh, wow. in the second half of, of seasons. Yep. 
and, and it's something ridiculous like 22 and 56 or something it's like bad. It, it's, it's so really bad. really bad Aunt, Aunt messaged it to me um when the i think it was like the third straight loss that the cards had he sent me a text yeah with the graphic and i was like oh that's a funny meme he's like no dude that's real I was like, that's not real. And he's like, no, that's real since back at Texas Tech. Like, I, that's what I, it is. I was like, I think he joking. got that from me. I, he he, he faved it on, on, on Twitter or something. And <laughs> I was like, have. yep, this makes sense. Oh, my Lord. That is, oh, I, I feel for you there, man. I really, I really, really do, Evan. I feel for you there. And I feel for you too, Sam, because you guys, I mean, the, the Cardinals dealt with this last year, although it looks like you're changing the narrative right now in a big way and sam feel for you with quarterback situations and drama um niners dealing with that heavily right now with the whole trey lance jimmy garoppolo debate and discussion what this all means who is the guy what do you do um, because the niners control their own fate this week against the rams you win you get in you lose you need the saints to lose to the falcons and unfortunately if you're the niners you play at the same time as the Saints. The Saints and Falcons play both 125 Pacific time on Sunday. So there is no like kind of feeling it out and being like, well, let's see what they do first and then we'll make a decision. You kind of just have to go in there and expect to win the football game. Um, but do who do you do that with? Do you do that with Jimmy Garoppolo, who is five and zero against the Rams in his last five starts? Or do you roll up there with the young Trey Lance, hoping that A, Jimmy can maybe get healthy for the playoffs? Uh, but B, if you do that and you're able to get a win with Trey against this team, you now feel very comfortable in the playoffs no matter what quarterback you have to go with the next time you have to face him. And also the Rams are going to get two different versions of the Niners. You had to face him once with Jimmy. You had to face him once with Trey Lance. And now you go into the playoffs and, you know, what do you expect? What do you do? Uh, 49ers fans have a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions all week long. It's going to be interesting to see kind of how this plays out and, you know, what practices kind of reveal to, to the world what, what's going to be the case in this game. Uh, but I mean, look, this has been an interesting week, week 18, this addition, this additional week is, is crazy because there's, it's impactful across the league. I mean, Sunday night, you got, uh, I believe it's the Raiders and the Chargers playing to get into the playoffs, both sitting with the same record. Um, the Niners, if there was no week 18, if there was just week 17, Evan, you brought this up in pre-show prep when we were talking, um, the Niners would be in right now. It would be in the playoffs if there was no week 18 football. Um, and I don't. Th I haven't heard a lot of 49ers fans talking about it. It's a very interesting point. Um, you know, if there was no Week 18 football, things things would look different in the league this year. Things would be drastically different. Um, how teams would have played out the end of the season would have been different as well. Because teams would have been a little more, maybe more aggressive or made some changes, desperate changes late. Um, you know, all I can say about the Niners is, is we are getting healthy. So Drake Greenlaw potentially back this week. Emmanuel Mosley potentially back this week. Um, Apparently, the souring of, of the coaching staff on Josh Norman, who may not be starting <laughs> secondary for the 49ers anymore. Ombre Thomas kind of coming out of nowhere. Um, I mean, the Niners have had three, technically four big, five big rookies, if I really talk about it. I mean, Jalen Moore stepped in for Trent Williams a week that he was out um, against the Arizona Cardinals of all, of all people. Oh, not the Arizona. It was the game after Arizona. Um, and then also Talano Hufanga stepping up when Jaquiski Tart went down. Ombre Thomas now stepping at the DB spot. Um, Elijah Mitchell, who's been a blessing for the running back room and now Trey Lance. Uh, did you guys watch any of, of, of his start last week? Did you guys see anything? And, and what did you think? I thought Trey Lance played pretty well. Now sure it was against the Texans and he's had a little bit of his rockier starts versus other teams. I believe he's, he got second half versus Seattle and he mm -hmm. got the entire game versus Arizona. That's correct. I think. Yep. But I, I you know, it, it is, it is a good confidence game for Trey Lance. If the Niners do in fact decide that maybe this is the variety that we want, the Rams won't expect it. 
let's throw in Trey Lance. I mean, is there a kind of an idea in San Francisco that this is an open competition or is it, if Jimmy G is good, then Jimmy G is going to play. Or is this kind of something where it's like Trey Lance? Kyle, is, you know, Kyle's made it pretty clear that it seems like it's Jimmy's job. I don't think Trey did enough. This isn't like that Kaepernick Smith situation quite yet. I don't think it's, mm. it's there yet where, you know, cap kind of cap kind of just caught fire. Like it was, it was lightning in a bottle. Like the offense kind of took a jump and the ball was there. Run game took off. He was running the ball really well. Trey didn't do that. I mean, that first half was stagnant at best. Um, it wasn't a great performance. The second half was a lot better. And he finally started to show a little bit of that, those flashes that everyone was hoping to see more of consistently. Um, but Kyle's kind of made it clear if, if Jimmy's healthy, it's Jimmy's job. Um, that's what it's kind of been the messaging all year. He reiterated that after the game, he reiterated that Monday. Um, and when people start asking him those questions, he gets visibly perturbed, I guess is the right way to say it during press conferences. He's actually really sick of talking about it. It's funny because he's, he's just tired of talking about it. He feels Jimmy has done enough, um, to be the guy, um, Jimmy, you know, the bad game against Tennessee, uh, Kyle is, I got to give him credit. He's very patient with his quarterbacks. He's not patient at all with his wideouts, but he is very patient with his quarterbacks. Um, he's being very patient with Trey. He's been very patient with Jimmy. So I, I think that's kind of what we're at. He's going to be very patient with Trey. He's not going to push it if he doesn't have to. If Jimmy's not healthy, it'll be Trey. Um, if Jimmy is healthy, it'll be Jimmy. Okay. I so will that's, say that's interesting. Okay. I, I, I will say what I saw from Trey Lance of what they showed on red zone, you know, and what they showed on, on replays, I was actually pretty impressed. It looks like he was doing things we didn't see earlier in the season. I mean, that bootleg rollout, uh, however many yard pass that was a deep Debo Samuel for the touchdown. I don't I think, think he 40. did that. Yeah. He didn't do that X amount of weeks ago, you know, and you were always talking about how he was wanting to run in and bruise into players when he was running to, from the few times that I did see, it looked like he was actually going out of bounds and trying to avoid the hit at least a little bit more. He, he looked a lot better and he just, he just moves a little better than Jimmy G. I mean, he's a younger dude. He's, he's probably more athletic. He just moves a little bit better. So I just see something a little bit more in him than Jimmy G in my opinion, but I haven't watched every, every snap like you have Alex. I get it. I, Trey, Trey is going to bring something different to the table. When the time's right. Um, the the question that every 49ers fan has is, is how is it not this time? How is it not right now? Um, and, and we'll see. It's really going to come down to if Jimmy can grip that football, man. That thumb injury is no joke. Stafford played with it um, last season at the end of the year with the Lions and had surgery in the offseason. Um, Jimmy's going to basically be in the same boat. He said already he's going to be having surgery in the offseason. Um, so it really just comes down to grip. Um, that Tennessee game, after it happened, it was really bad, and he struggled to grip the ball. But late in that football game, uh, Jimmy dug deep and does what, for whatever reason, Jimmy does at the end of football games, which is when you need a drive and you need points, um, whether it's the Green Bay Packers early in the season, whether it's Seattle um, later this year, even though it was, a, it was a loss, you know, getting them all the way down the field to the goal line, or whether that's that Tennessee game where he gets them all the way down the field, scores to tie, and puts the onus back on the defense. Hey, guys, I know. I know I put us in a bad spot, but you know what? I just tied it up. Uh, go give me, go give us a chance to make up for my earlier mistakes. Get a stop here, and we just, we just couldn't do it. Um, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy somehow finds a way end of games, man, to to dig deep and find something special. Uh, that's kind of why we're. It's why it's he's so polarizing, because you'll you'll see him do that and then be like, well, where was that for two quarters? And it's like, well, in this game he had an excuse, right? He had torn ligament on his on his throwing hand. I mean that that kind of sucks, but. Uh, 
you know, it's just, it just feels like, for, I think for a lot of fans, it just feels inconsistent. But it is what it is. Jimmy is who Jimmy is. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully he's able to to get healthy and this team is able to do what it needs to do in the playoffs. Um, we're we're going to see. It's going to be an interesting week 18, that is for sure, between you guys, right? The Arizona Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks facing off Arizona, maybe an NFC West title if the Niners can take care of business against the Rams, which history shows if Jimmy plays 5-0 in the last five starts. Also, uh, you know, Aaron Donald gets to face Daddy Brunskill for the 49ers, so that's always fun because Daniel Brunskill, for whatever reason, is an all-pro when he plays against Aaron Donald and literally nobody else. Uh, if, if it's anyone else, Daniel Brunskill turns into a small child who forgets to block. I, I can't explain it. But it's going to be a very interesting week 18, guys. It was really good to have you both on again and uh, let them know where they can find you. You can find Sam? me at the Always Compete Seahawks podcast on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to be talking about some uh, Russ, Pete, Bobby drama going on there. So it'll be an eventful, it'll be an eventful couple months throughout the postseason and uh, going into March because we won't have a lot to talk about and we're going to need to milk it dry if you know so stay tuned for that and uh, if it was fun talking ball yeah and you can find me at coach Evan B on Twitter and he's on fire podcast anywhere you find your podcast YouTube all that fun stuff at he's on fire pod on Twitter so come hit us up and join we've got a lot to talk about too especially with a playoff run for the Cardinals. The Suns are doing very well right now too. Arizona state is a completely other story, but we're talking <laughs> about all that stuff. So come hang presented by ASAP sports network. Go check them both out. Give them a subscribe. And while this may be the, the, the regular season, I guess, finale of the quest for the West, we will do some special stuff with, with the both of you and hopefully as a, a Rams correspondent, you know, later in the year after some free agency moves have been made, definitely pre-draft and just get, get a feel for where everyone's at. Who knows, guys, maybe a mock draft with all of us, too, where we kind of go through and make some picks for the teams and kind of see where everyone kind of settles in and, and lays out heading into this 2022-2023 season. Good luck to to both of your rosters. Evan, good luck to your your Cardinals there trying to secure the NFC West. Uh, not good luck to the Rams this weekend, as I would just prefer the Niners win and get in. The quest for the West is getting hot. It is the finale. Week 18 will decide it all. We'll see who comes out on top, and we'll see you all in the next one. Thanks for tuning in.